Longtime NFL veteran tight end, Logan Paulson, one of the smartest dudes I know, and, oh yeah, he's all over the Commanders, is our special guest right here as we get you set for the preseason opener on the Locked On Commanders podcast. Our Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My guy, Logan Paulson, longtime NFL tight end, of course, started here with the Washington NFL franchise and has been doing just an absolutely kick-ass job in every which way, shape, and form. Uh, for those of you that aren't paying attention, check out commanders.com each and every morning during training camp. Logan, Julie, Santana, um, that's Santana Moss, Julie Donaldson, uh, and a cast of thousands uh, doing live training camp coverage. Uh, of course, he does TV shows as part of the commander's coverage on NBC Sports Washington. Then, then... The Take Command podcast with Craig Hoffman, available right now, all of them archived on any major platform, but especially Odyssey. Go check out the Take Command podcast. And then on top of that, just if he needs anything else to do, he'll be patrolling the sidelines this Saturday and in Kansas City and in Baltimore for the preseason for the Commander's Television broadcast on NBC Sports Washington. It is my guy. Logan Paulson. Logs, how are you, pal? I'm good, man, now that I'm talking to you. Uh, I appreciate you, as always, making time uh, for us. That That's, I mean, brother, you, you always did a lot when you were a, a football player. You were one of the smartest guys I knew and got to cover, and, you know, you knew everything, and we all would run to you because we knew we would get smart, insightful analysis. You're like 10 times that now you're in the media, and you've got 14 jobs. You've got more jobs than I have. Yeah, it's uh, it is busy, you know, and I'm having a hard time keeping track. Actually, like I just uh, realized I double looked myself or something. So, you know, here we go. That's what happens when you do this, when you do all this stuff. So that's okay, and uh, here we are. So. Oh boy, I hope I'm not <laughs> you. Uh, no, you're fine. I'll try and get you out of here as quickly as possible. All right, so. Uh, tick, tick, tick. We're getting ready to for the preseason opener, obviously, on Saturday, 1 o'clock against uh, Carolina. You've been out at camp, and again, I know you're doing, you know, a lot of media stuff, so maybe you don't get to focus as much as you want. Not sure if you get the film and all that stuff, but your general overview of Commander's Camp so far, 2022 style, would be what? Yeah, so I think... Um... Just it kind of kind of goes in waves. So what I would say is the first kind of initial wave of training camp, the defense looked really really good, which was different than what it was in OTAs. I think you know OTAs the offense really set the tone, and then there was kind of a shift I'd say during minicamp, and that shift kind of propelled itself in the first couple of weeks of training camp. Uh, Carson Wentz just looked a little bit I'm going to say unsettled, and you know that's not entirely on him necessarily, but just a little inaccurate, a little inconsistent. Then there was a day where uh, there was a day that Trey Turner got hurt, and they kind of had to do a big offensive line shuffle. And it was a day that the defense was putting in some blitzes, and you could tell that they just the offensive line had worked together. And then that kind of that matriculated to Carson Wentz's efficiency. And then they put the pads on, the offensive line kind of shored up, and I'd say that um, they became way more efficient in terms of running the football, pass protecting, all those different things. Carson Wentz got a little bit more effective, but again, there was a little bit of inconsistency, inconsistency to his game. And then I'd say on Saturday uh, at the uh, the stadium practice, Carson kind of turned a corner. This became much more confident, much more effective, and that's kind of carried through 
the rest of this mm-hmm. week's practice. So I'd say, uh, you know, it, it's just kind of been reflective of his offseason, a little bit up, a little bit of down. I think the goods are very, very good for the offense. Um, and the bads are also very bad. So it's just kind of like where the answer is kind of resides somewhere in the middle. I think the defenses look pretty good every single day. You know, the secondaries looked very, very sharp. Uh, like I said, they were able to create a lot of pressure with the defensive front, and that's a little bit because of offensive line injuries. But, again, they were productive. And uh, linebackers look solid. And then the nickel position, I think, is another highlight of training camp. Uh, a lot to pick from there, but we'll, of course, start with Carson Wentz. Um, so I, too, thought on Saturday he started off little little struggle, right, was missing some on air and one-on-one, seven-on-sevens, uh, you know, all that. But then as that practice went along, he got stronger. And I've read all the reports. Obviously, I'm not able to be there uh, because of my radio show at the same time. But, I, you know, I've, I've read all the reports that said, boy, he was really, really good earlier this week. And now we expect him to play somewhere between 15 and 20 snaps on Saturday is what Ron said. Is that what you want to see, you as a former tight end, uh, you as an analyst, your quarterback, your offense, your team, maybe you don't want to see struggles, but just that gradual climb, that gradual progression as you get a little more oil running through the engine? Yeah, I think that's absolutely the case. I think you just want to see him, and him specifically, obviously, because the offense goes as he goes. I think everyone knows kind of the weapons that this team has added around him, and, you know, we can talk about some of those a little bit later. But I think he does, you know, as he progresses, this offense will progress. And I'd like to see him get some time out on the field, just kind of have a mastery, you know, just not have Scott Turner talking in his ear the whole time, how he does in the huddle, how they do on third down how they do in the red zone, if they do have those opportunities. You know, Ron even hinted that, that if for whatever reason they're, he's still in the game, maybe even some type of two-minute drill. And all those situations are great to see just against another team. You know, this team doesn't do a lot of joint practices, and as a result, like, they need, in my opinion, to play in the preseason. And a lot of guys, you know, you talk to, like I talked to Santana, I talked to Fletch, talked to some of these older guys, and, and they, granted, they're from a different era, but they are like, you know, I want to play in the preseason. I kind of feel like I need to play in the preseason to get just kind of see where I'm at. You know, Kendra Fuller, we talked to him uh, on Tuesday, and that was one of the things that he, he was adamant about. It's like, I don't want to play a ton, but I want to be out there. And I think um, for the offense specifically, like, that's it's a good measuring stick, getting a lot of new pieces together and just seeing some new faces on the other side of the football, right, that allow you to grow a little bit as a group. Do you think it makes a big deal for a quarterback specifically, Logan? And Logan Paulson, of course, joining us, uh, sideline analyst uh, for the Commanders TV broadcast starting this Saturday at FedEx Field against Carolina and continuing through the preseason on NBC Sports Washington. And, again, co-host of Take Command podcast with Craig Hoffman, available on Odyssey, and as well all sorts of television coverage for NBC Sports Washington, Commanders.com, so on and so forth, and just a great overall dude. Do you think – when you can't, you know, when you can't be touched, when you can't be hit, which a quarterback cannot do under any circumstances, do you think then going live, even if it's just a preseason game, is a big jump up or is it more like not as big of a deal? And the reason why I ask that is is because I would think, and this is maybe just a layman's media, you know, perspective, that your timing, your rhythm, your 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 perception, your uh, you know, your need to get rid of the football, your need to see things, I guess, faster, quicker, might speed up when you know that you're a sitting duck back there. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point. I also think it's important to note that, you know, oftentimes when you go into a, your first preseason game, for example, I, I was always amazed by how much space there was, how much space there was on the field. And what I mean by that is when you go against your own defense a ton, 
there is um, there's a familiarity that's bred there, and right. So the 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 secondary really knows how to match concepts. They start learning, you know, Terry McLaurin's indicators. They learn, um, you know, Jahan's like how he breaks his routes. They learn the route concepts. And so when it's against a different defense, they don't know you as intimately as some of these other as, as your own defense. More space is created, and I think that's a big deal. I, I do think it's it's relevant in terms of contact. I think it's a relevant variable for a quarterback. Absolutely. Like I remember. Matt Ryan, when I was in Atlanta, he'd always talk about how the first preseason game, the first hit, the first sack, the first pressure was always important to kind of get out of your system. So you kind of knew that you're going to be okay and you can get on with your life. I will say it'll be interesting to see how Carson Wentz handles it because I feel like even in elements of training camp, you know, where there was pressure, it, it kind of flummoxed him. And that's something that was on his resume from when he was in Indianapolis. So it'll be interesting to see how the offensive line holds up. It'll be interesting to see what Scott Turner does to insulate him. And it'll be interesting to see how quickly the receivers can get open to help him get the football out of his hand and kind of alleviate some of those pressure situations because, as we both know, like pressure is a quarterback-driven statistic. So no one player can affect it more than the than the quarterback. So I think uh, that's something definitely I think I'm going to be keeping an eye on in his 10 to 15 plays he's going to get on Saturday because, again, like how's he managing that? Has he grown? Has Scott Turner helped him at all? Those are all questions I'm curious to get answered. One or two more things on the offense when we come back here on the Locked on Commanders podcast with our special guest, Logan Paulson. Uh, we want to get into the playing time and how much uh, and how would Scott Turner and Ron Rivera kind of handle things as we get set for Carolina. Again, Logan Paulson joining us uh, right here. More with him in just a second. But first, guys, if you haven't tried Built Bar Puffs yet, you are depriving yourself of one of life's greatest Joyce. Logan eats really healthy. I know that. I've seen him uh, eat when he was a player, and he eats way healthy. And I'm sure, I'm sure that Built Bars would be a big part of what a healthy person like Logan Paulson, unlike me, uh, but I eat Built Bars, uh, puts as part of their diet. Why? Because they're awesome for you, awesome tasting. They are high in collagen protein, which makes your body absorb uh, all the nutrients faster. They're low in calorie, low in sugar, low in net carbs, low in everything bad for you, and high in protein and everything good for you. Check them out. Cookie dough, all sorts of different varieties available for you right now. You can get different packages. You can structure it the way you want. I have a built bar at least every day. It is my breakfast pretty much every morning on the way into the radio station and sometimes on the way back just to keep myself awake and going. And so can you at built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15 and you're going to get 15% off your order by using the promo code LOCK15 again at built.com. All right, we're back here with Logan Paulson. I'm Chris Russell. Uh, as we continue along, again, thanks for making us your first listen and your first view of the day as we count you down to the preseason opener against the Carolina Panthers on Saturday afternoon at FedEx Field. Uh, Logan, um, you know, you mentioned 10 to 15 plays. Ron said, I guess, the starter is 15 to 20, so I'm not sure if you're just guesstimating, if it, whatever, it doesn't matter. 10 to 20, let's just call it, right? In the first preseason game that you play, how much did you feel you needed? And, again, I realize that's a different position than, say, quarterback. 
How important do you think overall it is to play in, 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 in today's NFL? Because we see, you know, one of the guys that you were coached by, Super Bowl champion head coach, uh, Sean McVay, he doesn't play anybody, whether they're injured or not. And yet Ron is a little old school. Can you take me through kind of some of the, the mentality and, 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 and the need or non-need, I guess, depending on your perspective of playing in that preseason and how much? Yeah, so I think the thing that Sean does, and he does an excellent job of this, is he has a lot of joint practices. So you do get kind of to compare your talent against other talent. You get guys who are kind of working, um, you know, working against different opponents, working good versus good against other teams, and I think that's super important uh, to understand when kind of looking at Ron, because obviously they don't do joint practices. So you need to find a way to give them an opportunity to be on the field with another team kind of vet themselves, and I think that's super – that's 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 how Ron is getting his evaluation kind of fleshed out, is by putting himself – putting this team against the Carolina Panthers in a preseason game. Other teams do that as well. I have no fault against that. Like, it's just a change in philosophy, and I said – like I said, if Ron wanted to do the practice thing, I think that would be appropriate. I think as a player, I think the thing that I was always looking for, and you're going to hear, hear me talk about this a lot probably on this podcast, is just finding a rhythm. Kind of like I, I remember I always would like, you know, maybe catch a ball – you know, get a good block in in, in the first mm-hmm. series, hit a pass pro. And then, like, if I had those check marks and I felt really clean with everything, I was like, you know what, I don't really need any more from the game, right? And, like, a lot of people, like, you know, for me, for example, I played a lot in every single preseason I was a part mm-hmm. of. Um, I, uh, you know, I really felt it was um, like kind of fun to get in the rhythm of the game. You know, like, instead of, mm-hmm. instead of these guys who need, like, a catch, a block, or whatever, like, just get in the rhythm, feel it, kind of, bang heads with somebody for a little bit, get a good sweat going, and then come off the field and feel like, man, I put a good performance out there. Because it, it is. It's nice. It's good to kind of work through that process. I think I always found it very helpful as a player as like a preparatory period for the regular season. So, yeah, I mean, different strokes for different folks, obviously. Like the situation that Sean's cultivated in L.A. is slightly different than the situations Ron cultivated here. This is also mm-hmm. a very young, full t- young football team, so I think that's important for fans to kind of keep in mind. Those young guys maybe need more of a – comprehensive dress rehearsal than an older roster like they have in L.A. Logan Paulson, former uh, longtime NFL tight end. So that's where we're going to go next, Logs. Um, the tight end group is really beat up right now for this commander yeah. squad. Uh, it kind of makes it hard to get a full evaluation, obviously. We know they have some young bodies. We know they have some young skill. Uh, the guy that's kind of caught my eye a couple of times, both good and maybe not so good in terms of execution, but the willingness to do it is Curtis Hodges in terms of blocking. And I know he's got size, and I know he's a favorite of yours. Then there's Armani Rogers, a former college quarterback. With all of these injuries, injuries I should say, and the retirement of Antonio Gandy-Golden, what have you seen out of this tight end group and – are you nervous or are you still reasonably optimistic that they'll be okay to start the year? I'm very excited about this group. This is maybe the most exciting group on the team, in my opinion, and I'm probably biased because I do play the position. But obviously, Logan Thomas is on the pup list. They expect to hear back from him sometime later this month about whether or not he'll be ready for week one. John Bates has had a calf injury, but when he does practice, you see why he's arguably the best blocking tight in the NFL with tremendously soft hands. So nice having that weapon there. And then after that, it's a little bit more – up for debate. I think uh, Cole Turner has kind of, I want to say, solidified that third tight end spot. He's been a dynamic playmaker when healthy, maybe the most dynamic playmaker outside of Jahan Dotson, just showing a tremendous catch radius and a, a willingness and an ability to get open and compete for the football in the air. In line, like you mentioned, maybe not the most uh, talented guy in that regard because he didn't do it a ton at Nevada. They run like an air raid, Mike Leach, spread him out, 
He basically mm-hmm. played big slot receiver. He's not scared of it. He's got a good toughness to him, but he's got to work on the techniques a little bit. I definitely think that's something he can get done because uh, the willingness is there. So just the pass game is great for him. Got to work on the run game a little bit. The next two guys that are really interesting, in my opinion, are Curtis Hodges, the undrafted free agent out of Arizona right. State. Again, also a converted wide receiver, but competes his tail off in the run game. Mm-hmm. Does a really nice job for a big man bending and kind of getting in the right position. Struggled a little bit in pass pro, but again, the arm length, the size is all there. He's just got to kind of click it together and has some really nice upside as a mover in the pass game. Catches the ball nicely outside of his frame. Good enough stick, like kind of twitchiness to kind of win in on routes. So again, a guy that I think's got a very good shot to make, make the team and has really impressed me. And then you mentioned Armani Rogers, and he's probably got the highest upside of the group, quite frankly. He runs a four, I think he runs a four five, four five one, something like that. So legitimately fast for a man who's six five, uh, two thirty five. Shows good toughness, good physicality for a guy who's never played tight end before. And I'd say over the last probably four days has made a ton of plays in the past game. So that group, in terms of those young tight ends, gets you very, very excited about the potential of this group. And you have one of those guys is going to end up on practice squad, and all three of them, quite frankly, could be active, which is kind of crazy to think about the talent in that room. I haven't even mentioned Sam East Reyes. He's a guy that I right. think um, may be the outside, on the outside looking in here just because these guys have so much ability. And so that's uh, to me, that's a really interesting position battle. And unfortunately, Sammy's tweaked a hamstring sometime earlier this week, so probably won't be participating. Uh, you mentioned Cole Turner's out, so it looks like it'll be Hodges and um, and Armani kind of playing. So again, a huge audition for both of those guys to kind of say it is my my the fourth tight end spot is mine, and it'll be interesting right. to see who kind of clamps that. Yeah, I know they brought in a young tight end earlier in the week too. You, so so I guess with your optimism. Are, are Would you be okay if they don't add an established veteran to that group, like a cook who's a free agent but is 35, mm-hmm. you know, somebody out there uh, still on, on the street? Would you be okay if the plan is to say, hey, we're going to take our best three young studs and go like that? I mean, I, I mean, Assuming this is, Logan this... is not ready for week one. The other Logan, sure. I should say. Yeah. This Logan did it great at tight end. <laughs> that Logan is, is also good, but he might not be ready for week one. Correct. And I think, so I think the thing is you have Bates and I think Bates will be healthy for week one. And right. he's a, we've seen he's a serviceable starter, right? So I think finding way, like Cole Turner, I, I, he's on the verge of being, I don't want to overhype the guy, but he's done a very nice job in training camp, right? And so I think you feel good about both those guys coming in. And then if Hodges plays the way he practices, which we'll find out on uh, on Saturday, then you feel good about him being your third guy because he does some good stuff in line. He's tough, like I said about the passing game. Like, that's a nice weapon. I think he's probably the most ready because of the run game stuff. But, again, Armani's upside is tremendous. So right. I don't think you feel bad about that, about that group of guys, right? And um, – that's kind of a cool situation to be in, to have, you know, four young dudes with a ton of potential. Mm-hmm. I'm including Bates in there. And so I think you feel fine. And assuming Logan will be back in a close proximity to week one, I think I think everything feels pretty good with that group. And there are some playmakers there, which is a very exciting proposition. Speaking of playmakers, a lot at wide receiver, too. We know how good Terry McLaurin is. How impressed have you been with Jahan Dotson? I've been extremely impressed with Jahan. In, in my estimation, to my eye, he's been the most dynamic playmaker of the offense. He's just been Mr. Consistent. He catches the football well. He has very, very high understanding of route stems, breakdowns, 
um, knows how to get open, knows how to stack routes on top of each other, make the out look like the in, make the post look like the comeback, all those different things which you love to see from a guy, especially so young. I got to talk to him today. He talked a lot about his film study process, and he is a very high-level thinker about the game of football, so that's outstanding to see. Um, you know, he's he's been the most dynamic player in the offense so far, and that's, you know, including Terry. And Terry's had his struggles. He's been kind of quiet during training camp. Um, I think that a lot of credit goes to Kendall Fuller for – understanding that matchup and winning that matchup most times. And a little bit of that's the lack of total chemistry with Carson. I think that's something that'll come. Uh, but again, uh, so the thing with Terry is something to keep an eye on. But again, if you're excited about football and excited about, uh, you know, the potential of a guy, I think Jahan's a guy that, that you should feel good about. All right. That's some high praise from Logan Paulson. Of course, watch him on NBC Sports Washington and the television broadcast on Saturday, patrolling the sidelines as part of the revamped TV crew for the Commanders and the Carolina Panthers from FedEx Field, 1 o'clock kickoff Eastern time as well. Watch him uh, normally on Commanders.com and NBC Sports Washington throughout the week for all sorts of great training camp coverage and insight and analysis. Plus, again, listen to him on the Take Command podcast on Odyssey and all major platforms. Uh, When we return for a final quick segment, we'll get some thoughts on the defense. Logan already gave us a tip on some place I want to go, and then we'll ask the question you have to ask about firing a coach two weeks into training camp. We'll wrap it up like that with Logan Paulson right here on the Locked On Commanders podcast. But guys, first we tell you about our friends at Bet Online. That's right, with preseason football officially back and the Commanders and the Carolina Panthers going at it on Saturday, that means you can get in on all the action at BetOnline.net. Again, football games all across the board. Yeah, sure, preseason style, but that doesn't stop anybody from having a little fun and checking out all the action and all the information on your number one online source for odds, lines, and games. Plus, you can get Major League Baseball coverage, NBA, NHL combat sports, esports, and even golf. That's right. Bet Online has live in-game betting, scores, podcasts. Again, they have you more than covered. So head on over to Bet Online today or use your mobile device to learn more about the action happening today at Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, we wrap up with on Commanders podcast. So, Logan, you said earlier in the show, and I was going to ask you which position group may be the most impressive in your eyes. Uh, you mentioned the defensive backs on the secondary. That's what I've heard. That's what I've seen. Is that where you would go if you had to maybe just on defense or overall? Is that where you would say, like, the most impressive group? Yeah, I'd say for sure on defense. I mean, I think there's, you know, it'd be close between them, the running backs, and maybe the tight ends. I mentioned how impressive the tight ends have been. The running backs have done a great job. But the defensive backs, kind of top to bottom, have just been really fantastic, very, very sharp. Kendall Fuller, like I mentioned, just seems to be playing at a different level, you know, and just really understands um, what the offense is trying to do to defeat him and and is not getting over-aggressive and not being too passive at the same time. He's kind of walking that tightrope, which is great to see. Uh, William Jackson III, I think, has kind of had such an evolution from his time uh, during OTAs where he struggled a little bit to now just mm-hmm. looking like a guy that deserves a big contract or deserves that big contract. So I think that's, um, again, something that has been um, very, very satisfying to watch his maturity in terms of how to align, how to communicate. Ivan McCain has just been making plays, just making a lot of plays in practice. And, um, you know, he's kind of the general back there, getting everybody lined up, getting everything communicated. 
And, um, you know, he's kind of was kind of an unheralded signing last year, but really has kind of grown into his own in the position. And again, not a guy who's going to be making Pro Bowls right. or anything like that, but just going to be a very, very solid pro. And then Cam Curl, shoot, man, I, you know, I, he's been probably the most impressive of the group. A guy that's playing multiple spots, playing Buffalo nickel, playing post safety. Um, he plays in the Cinco packages, the extra linebacker, just doing a lot. And again, does well near the line of scrimmage, does well in coverage, is the tight end eraser. Like I mentioned, uh, Curtis Hodges earlier, like Curtis Hodges put a sick move on him, got him out of position, and I don't know how Cam Curl did it, but he was able to kind of dive back inside without getting a PI and knock the ball down. And, you know, I've been watching football for a long time, Chris, and I haven't seen a play like that. So, again, he's just doing a really nice job fitting runs and stuff, all that stuff that comes really challenging, usually to back end guys, he's been great. So I think you know, I, I don't, again, I don't want to overhype, but in terms of what he's done in practice, he's he's looking very, very sharp. So all that group, and then not to mention Benjamin St. Juice in the slot right. has looked great. Uh, you know, Jahan kind of gives everybody fits, but Benjamin St. Juice is always kind of in his pocket, and I think that's a tough matchup for Jahan just because the length and the size that Benjamin St. Juice brings. And um, it'll be interesting to see how he matches up against some different skill sets in the slot. But, yeah, he's he's been great um, playing that nickel role. Then the two young safeties, Forrest and Percy Butler, have also flashed at times. And Percy's kind of the backup uh, Buffalo nickel for Cam Curl. Really very, very fast to the football, Chris. A lot of excitement about what he's going to do in the preseason. Has a little bit harder time taking on blocks when he's near the line of scrimmage. But really excited about him. And then Forrest, I'm excited to watch him just annihilate some people because he is itching to tackle somebody you can tell in practice. Right. You've been hearing good things uh, from him, certainly. That's an excellent breakdown. Football Nerdery 101. And I'll just ask you to go quickly here because I still got to get to the defensive line. They want, from what I knew, they wanted to play more man last year, more man press, more physical, more aggressive. They thought they had a pass rush to match all that shorter pass routes, quick game, all that stuff. It didn't really work out. They wound up playing more zone. Uh, you know, William Jackson the third is more of a man press. Benjamin St. Jude, same thing. Uh, Holmes, the seventh round pick. Are they, in your opinion, going to be more of a 50-50 type split-ish type defense? Or do you think they will be heavier zone? Or will they, again, evolve into more of a man team? Any guess? That's a tough question. I think when you watch them, I think the thing that sticks out is that they want to be, they want to be like a quarters team, you know, like kind of those four coverage players across the back end. And when you're playing quarters, it is a zone coverage, but in versus certain round, route, route concepts, excuse me, it plays like man to man. So I think you're maybe getting the best of both worlds. It does require a lot of communication from the back end. And I think, um, they're doing that. They're communicating at a high level. They're passing off route concepts well. They kind of know at least how the how the commander's offense is trying to attack them. I think that's awesome. And they've also done a really good job, Jack Del Rio has, of, of bringing pressures and stressing the offensive line, forcing Carson Wentz to get the ball out of his hand quickly. In addition to the to the, uh, to the blitzes, they've also done a good job with line stunts and games, um, you know, pick stunts with the tackles, pick stunts with the ends, and that's created a lot of pressure. And that's not something we saw early on in training camp last year. I think they thought they were just going to be able to win with straight rush. I think they've learned from uh, from an oversight maybe last year, and um, that group's been very productive. The, the secondary's been productive because the pressure packages have been better. 
Uh, I mean, that's great little insight there because there was no doubt people were frustrated with that, and certainly there was a, a need for it. So I'll just wrap up this way. Uh, you just mentioned a little bit about the defensive line. I, clearly firing Sam Mills the third was the big story this week. It's odd timing at best. Jeff Scanina played in the NFL for a long time. I, I've heard lots of good things about him. I don't know uh, how well you know him, but with Ryan Kerrigan helping out, with Warren Sapp helping out, Yes, Logan, the timing was weird, but do you think in some ways this might actually help the commander's defensive line? Um, that's an interesting question. Obviously, it's tough anytime you see somebody get fired, and like you said, it is a weird, it's a very odd time for this to happen. Uh, I will say that at training camp and at OTAs, the guy who runs the drills is Skinita, the guy that is holding them accountable and kind of being like, what the hell are you doing, or we're doing it like this, is Skinita. So, you know, it makes me kind of question Sam Mills's involvement, you know, in practice, in the meeting room. I'm sure he was doing something, but the the guy you see, the guy you hear, the guy that's interacting with the players is Skinita. And, um, you know, he's a guy that is a uh, – he's old school, man. You'd like him, Chris. Very rugged kind of fellow. Played nose guard in the NFL mm-hmm. for a very long time. Very robust individual. Does not mess around. And I think that's kind of going to be good for that group. Quite frankly, a group that's got some young guys in it, some guys that need some, uh, you know, not, you know, just accountability checks. Like he's not going to be afraid to do that for you. So I, I do think this is a good move, especially like there was a lot of rumblings around the building about guys being unhappy with Sam. And so just, you know, I'm not saying Sam's a bad coach, just probably wasn't the right fit. And then you bring in a guy who I think maybe speaks to the, this group, this age, this type of player. Uh, a little bit better, a little bit more effectively, and maybe can hold the standard a little bit higher. So, again, a, a kind of a budding storyline for sure, but something that I have, you know, I, I played with Jeff, or I didn't play with Jeff, but he was a coach when I was in San Francisco, obviously knowing from here, oh, yeah. and, I, and I think it's going to, I think it's the right kind of move, and I think it's the right kind of fit. Uh, unbelievable analysis and insight, as you always get, from Logan Paulson. Again, seriously, one of the smartest dudes uh, I've ever gotten to know, cover, uh, and, and now get to be colleagues with and, 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 and all that good stuff, and just a, a better person than even a better football player and analyst. Uh, I'm always happy to pick your brain. I, I'm so appreciative of all the good things that you say about me and do uh, for me in this podcast. I know you've, you know, you've been a big supporter of mine, so I really appreciate it. Um, people can check you out on Instagram, too. I haven't pumped, uh, pumped that up, right? There's At so much going on right now, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so used to the Twitter thing. Logan underscore Paulson82, right? Yes, correct. Yep, that check right? that out. Mm-hmm. All right, and they can watch you this Saturday, of course, on the sidelines reporting with Doc Walker, Kenny Albert on the TV broadcast, NBC Sports Washington, and I'm sure it'll be uh, uh, played at some point on NFL Network. Uh, Logan will be part of that television coverage, and again, he's all over the place. Check out the Take Command podcast uh, and as well all of his work for Commanders TV, commanders.com. Uh, Logs, you're the best. Uh, all my best to your family, and uh, hopefully I'll get to see you on Saturday, all right? Yeah, that'd be great, man. Same to you, and I really appreciate you having me on, Chris. There you go. That is Logan Paulson with us. We're going to wrap up here real quickly. Thanks for being with us on the Locked On Commanders podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team, each and every day. 
Uh, thanks again for making us your first listen and your watch of the day. Now make your second listen and watch the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast. Find the intellectual fantasy expert, Benny Iyer, who brings over 20 years of NFL expertise and a unique angle to give you the moves that no one else has. Get ready for your fantasy draft with Locked On Fantasy Football. We'll be back after Saturday's preseason game and into the new week with full reaction and thoughts from FedEx Field. If you want to hop in, 301-615-3577 for David Harrison, who's on special assignment. And PressSide.com's Fan Nation. I'm Chris Russell. One after the Russell and Ned Her Show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast. <laughs> 